definitely human. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 49. It's summer and I'm walking up to the vineyard. It is unbelievable. They've taken the last week to trellis the entire site and I can't believe it's finally finished. It's been a year in the making. We planted half last year. We planted the other half a month ago and now the whole thing has been trellised and strutted and strung up. All the wires are up. I am so excited. It looks incredible. Oh, I actually am quite overwhelmed with the structure and how tall it is. I wasn't expecting it to be sort of six foot tall, higher than me. And you really get an idea of what it's going to be like when the vines are fully grown. It's just going to be so green and lush. Don't know how to explain it to you guys, really. We've got steel posts because the traditional wooden posts tend to rot and need to be replaced all the time. So the modern way is to do steel posts. I hope that the metal will sort of dull over time because at the moment it looks a little bit like a fortress. We've got 56 rows, I think, that have gone in of end posts. And then there are 100 vines. So there's probably 20 or 30 intermediate posts that go up the middle And then the wire has been buried in the ground using a sort of anchor to keep everything tight. And there are four wires training up each of the posts, two-sided, so that eventually you'll be able to train the vines to go along those. And you can also tighten the wires over the years. They sort of tend to loosen because you can imagine when the vines are fully grown, there will be tons and tons of weight of the fruit of the vines and everything hanging on those wires. So they need to be able to be tightened The guys that did it have been working with the vine company that we used for 14 years. The head guy is the, their longest employee and he all day, every day just trellises vineyards. And so you can imagine the hundreds of thousands of vineyards he must have trellised over the last 14 years. Um, so yeah, really amazing to have his expertise 
and how they just got on with it. They have a little vine tractor, which they've made a special sort of post banger on the back. Now, we have post bangers on our tractor on the farm because of all the fencing that we need to do, but they're very hardcore. And because the metal posts, if it was to hit a rock or anything, the metal posts would immediately bend. And so they needed to come up with something that rather like a massive shunt, it's more of a tap, 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 tap. And that's how they do it. So it was so noisy with the post banging. I didn't come up here with the microphone to sort of give you guys a tour because I just thought it would be too noisy. And, you know, you can imagine the sound of metal posts banging probably isn't that nice on a podcast. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm just trying to explain to you sort of what it looks like now. And it really is so grand. I'm so pleased that we didn't try and do it ourselves and that we actually hired professionals to do it because we could have never have achieved this level of high quality. I'm really, really excited one thing I, I, so I got to chat to the guy. He came and sort of signed the project off with me on Monday. Tom, he's called. He said, oh, you haven't pruned them yet. Um, and I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, we're not too late, but you need to do stem selection. And I said, well, what's that? And he showed me. And basically when we pruned them uh, at the beginning of the year, we took them down to two buds. We took them down to like a nub. Um, and now they've shot up. They're above the tubes, nearly touching the wire. And they have shot out multiple stems. And so they're putting way too much energy into the stems. They're starting to put energy into grape clusters and he said one you need to remove all the leaves at the bottom because they'll be susceptible to mildew and disease so you need to remove those so that they're not sweating in the tubes two you need to get rid of the grape clusters forget the fruit you don't want them to be putting any energy into that um, this year so looks like we won't be picking any grapes this year but we really want to establish the trunk of the vine Another thing he said was you need to select what your future trunk will be. So some of them have only got two, um, some of them have got four or five or six uh, stems all coming out. So they're putting way too much energy into that. So you need to select the straightest stem possible and a backup stem. So now I am basically uh, pruning everything to two stems and they will be our future trunk. And then if anything, God forbids, happens to the main trunk, there's a backup one. And then I think at the end of this year in winter, we prune them back to just the top of the vine guard. And so that will be our future trunk. And then next year, we'll be doing the two stem selection off of the trunk for our vines, for our actual fruit vines, the fruit bearing vines. So at the moment, we don't want them to be fruit bearing vines. We just want them to be growing into nice trunks. So they're probably, I mean, compared to last year, they're probably about the width of my finger now which is exciting but obviously eventually in 20 years time you want them to be the width of your arm (laughs) they're going to be quite stocky chunky boys the guy that owns the vine company when he came he said oh yeah you know you plant the vines they'll just sleep they're like sleeping babies for a couple of years you don't need to do anything what I'm learning is if this isn't doing anything what on earth is it going to be like when the actual vineyard is established and I do have to do something because it's a lot of work already Oh God, what have I got myself into? I was pruning yesterday. It took me two hours to do one row. So yeah, that's a long time. But I mean, I think the first row was difficult um, because I was figuring out what I was doing and then I managed to get it down to about an hour um, at the end of the day. But my thighs are aching so much because you have to either bend down and crouch or you bend over and then your lower back. So I'm going from thighs to lower back, from thighs to lower back. I was lying in the bath last night for like an hour just trying to like soak my muscles and and still um I'm still aching today so (laughs) oh god 
So I think all I need to do, all I need to do is prune these 4,000 vines, lol, and then there'll be nothing to do until winter. So I just need to do this. The field is covered in clover at the moment. There are multiple types of bumblebees all buzzing around my feet. So I'm trying not to stand on any or, you know, get stung by one. Um, but yeah, at the moment we're both in harmony. I'm pruning, the bees are buzzing around. It's all very lovely. And yeah, clover doesn't get too tall. So before the vines actually got planted, I had to strim amongst every vine and that's actually kept everything quite down. I think the grass hasn't grown very much. The clover doesn't grow much taller than it is now. So I don't need to be concerned with mowing it or anything. It's all just going to be left to the birds and the bees. One thing I wish I had pruned before they'd uh, strung everything up because the actual rods are now clipped onto the wire. So if I'm really not sure, I'm trying to lift up the guard above to, till it hits the wire and then um, cutting anything off below and then sort of pulling it down from underneath the tube. But if I can't quite decide and I need to unclip it, that's why it's taking me two hours to do a row. Oh, anyway, um, I need to get on with pruning because the day's only getting hotter and I need to get on with it. But yeah, I'm so excited. This feels really real now. And yeah, I just, I can't wait. I can't believe I'm actually pruning my own vineyard. What on earth? So it's been an unbelievable heatwave here the last few days. Um, times like this, I'm very happy that we moved from London down to the countryside because at least we're on the Atlantic coast, on the southwest coast. And um, at least we had a breeze, like there was some air movement, which made all the difference. That and we could go and fling ourselves in the sea to sort of cool off when needed. I'm just in the veg garden giving everything a really good drenching. At the moment, I'm just drenching the onions and the cabbages. I thought they were cauliflowers, cabbages, because everything just looks very dry. Everything's looking a bit munched. I can't see any caterpillars, but there is evidence of caterpillars in there. But yeah, the onions are looking great. The white onions are nearly ready to harvest, I would say. I don't know. Like the, when the tops flop over, it means they're ready. But then I don't know whether that's just because it's been unseasonably hot weather that everything's just wilted and looking a bit sad. Um, it was really weird yesterday driving up the lane. All the uh, leaves had fallen off the trees. You know, there was orange leaves on the ground, which is obviously just because they've burnt and um, sort of crisped off because we're, you know, in the middle of summer. So we shouldn't be getting autumn leaves falling yet. There's something so meditative about just watering in the garden, especially after the hot weather. It feels so nice. Like the air is a lot cooler. We've been having rumbles of thunder in the distance, which I just love. We don't tend to get too much thunder and lightning down here on the coast because it's always so much cooler. You need really hot weather for that. But this is what we're getting at the moment. The chickens have been coping fairly well. They've been keeping cool in the shade obviously just there with their wings out sort of panting but yeah I've been doing my best to sort of feed them you know icy water and icy treats like berries and things like that and just just sitting with them under the tree and just keeping them sort of calm and cool nothing too frantic I sort of let all the borders in the veg garden get quite weedy and overgrown because I feel like having bare soil is not good for soil health. And when I went to, I've been to sort of organic gardens and they say weeds aren't that bad as long as they're not taking the water from your vegetables, you know, weed around your veg. But otherwise, I think, you know, a few weeds here and there aren't bad. Plus, it helps the bees. I've got no idea what they are, but there's these huge spiky yellow weeds growing up all around my no-dig border um, with these big yellow flowers. And I think the bees like those, as well as all our raspberries that are coming on soon. 
yesterday it was so hot i was trying to find things to do um because obviously here in the uk we don't have air conditioning in our houses because we're just not used to that kind of weather so i ended up um, going out in the tractor and doing some uh, grass topping because the tractor has incredible air conditioning so that was so nice and then when i got out um, of the tractor it was just like being hit with a wall of heat i hope the sound of this isn't too annoying in the background me watering for me it's nice and cooling So I'm very excited because my baby brother Harry is home for the weekend. I'm back. (laughs) Since we last spoke, we were saying he's single ladies. Well, he's taken ladies, so back off. (laughs) And you brought your lovely girlfriend down. And you guys, in the meantime, have been visiting lots of farms and doing a bit of recon for me because now the vineyard is finished. I need to think, right, what's the next thing that we're going to do on the farm? Yeah, so we've we've been to a few different places and it's surprising the kind of stuff that some places will do. Because obviously we've talked about the pumpkin picking and stuff, but pick your own sweet corn, pick your own, you know, sunflowers. Then there's other... I don't know, it's like almost like an art project or something, but they're sort of, you know, come check out our crazy bales designed to look like animals and stuff like that, which is, I guess, for parents and their kids trying to, you know, get them out of the house and keep them interested. It's probably yes. something interesting. One thing that does, I mean, you've almost got to do it because of the name, is a maze maze, where it's a maze through a field of maze. But then for us, it could be the maze maze maze. Yeah. So that, I think, always has to be done. Just Yeah, that has to be done. And I feel like I remember Dad saying that he always wanted to do like a maze maze or something. So yeah, it would be good to do that. Something really epic for him. Maybe we can do it in the shape of, also from Aerial View, May. (laughs) (laughs) The horror of cutting all that out and (laughs) trimming that. (laughs) See how that goes. The pumpkin patch is imminent. So we've just taken off the barley harvest this year from that field. And now it's going to lay dormant until next year when we're going to be doing the pumpkin patch so that's kind of mad to think that's going to be like our next big thing and our first foray into I suppose real tourism of trying to get people in we do have fields next to the main road so I'm thinking of painting you know signs and stuff like pumpkin patch turn right I think that'll be a really interesting sort of measuring stick for how it goes and Mm. obviously lessons to be learned but then also sort of work out how keen people are and whether word of mouth spreads and stuff then you can use that to sort of drive future years plans a bit really mum's nervous about planting the entire field to pumpkins because it's so huge but then I feel like we could have different areas like we could have a maze maze in like some parts we could have animal bales in other parts and lots of like photos opportunities yeah i think that's a good idea just sort of keeping it varied and then if you're expected to be busy there's multiple different things the crowds can sort of spread out and find things rather than queuing for the main attraction or something Sounds finding like ways to keep them there as well like having like a food van maybe with like pumpkin soup mold wine maybe Cinnamon. like spiced apple sort yes, of cider or something yeah exactly like hot toddies or something if it's a cold day yeah. cakes and coffees and just things for the parents i suppose while the kids are running amok and having a great time <laughs> yeah designated driver can not partake but <laughs> the other parent can yeah i think just that is you know why the more stuff you do whilst it's probably more work the longer you'll keep people there and have you know better memories for the family i guess seasonal stuff means you're not forced to stand in a field all year long you know taking 
tickets or greeting people or whatever. It's a very seasonal thing of basically, I mean, for that two weeks to a month approaching Halloween to do it. And I guess similarly, you said you've been to like pick your own strawberries. <laughs> Harry sent me this absolutely haunted picture of these um, wrapped bales that had been wrapped in like pink and they had like white dots on and then this really scary smiley face. I'll put it on like social media. But yeah, I feel like it's still haunting my dreams. But that's a good way. I mean, we could have that down on the main road for like, you know, the pumpkins and stuff. Maybe I could get a big bale and like make it look like a pumpkin with something coming out the top. Because I guess before we actually garner like a bit of social media attention or, you know, reviews on Google or whatever, making local people find out about it is going to be fairly difficult. Maybe we could do some advertising or stuff. But I think, yeah, the traditional signage would be a good one. And we could get creative. Maybe you can come down and help with your artistic skills <laughs> yeah, yeah, in creating definitely. some signs. <laughs> Leave it to me, sis. I'll take care of it. So what else have you been seeing? You said this was like an elf trail for Christmas. Oh, What yes. does that entail? I can't remember what it did entail, to be honest. I think it was a mystery or something. You had to sort of find the elves. and if it's like elf on the shelf, but you're like walking through a wood and there's like creepy like elves in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> find them before they find you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few things like that. Just trails and, you know, meet Santa on the farm and stuff like that. It's... Are you uh, putting forward your name to be Santa next year? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> I don't want kids pulling on my beard. So <laughs> even if it's a fake one. You can start growing so, it now. I could do. Yeah, maybe I'm going gray fast enough. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we did do sunflower flowers on the farm one year because there is pick your own sunflowers that you mentioned was like one pound a stem which sounds like really good right for a seed to be like one pound a stem but I feel like we did do sunflowers on the farm before and they all necked over pretty quickly we did it for like ground cover for birds basically I guess that's the thing because you know that pumpkins are going to work whereas something like dedicating an entire field to sunflowers and nobody comes <laughs> you're like oh no <laughs> suddenly go into the seed business the chickens love a sunflower seed. But you I mean, can't grow an entire field for the chickens, unfortunately, <laughs> no matter how much you want to. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying not to become this out of control hobby farmer. There was a guy that we met last week who knew somebody that was giving away 32-hour packers. Giving away 30... Please take them off me. Yeah, exactly. And mum was like, what's wrong with them? I wouldn't do that if I were you. And I was like, have you any idea how much each one costs? Like, we need to get these alpacas. It's always been my dream to have alpacas. I can make my own alpaca knitwear. Just doing like walking trails with them. I did see a local person because I did do some research because I was trying to sell it to mum of, you know, how we could like make this into a business opportunity. And I saw a picnic with the packers, which doesn't even involve the picnic. Picnic. It was like 60 quid and you just sit with the alpacas and you bring your own picnic. I mean, I know that uh, we were looking at an Airbnb, which I think it was like a, a converted bus in the middle of an alpaca farm. And it was oh, on the middle of the farm, right? So yeah, you'd wake up and the alpacas would be there. You could hang out with them. Is this like the UK version of when you stay in Africa and the giraffes are coming through your hotel window? <laughs> it's about the best we can get here, really, of like animal size. Yeah, I think the only other thing we've seen quite a few times is there's always little race tracks, like little plastic tractors to drive around on for the like oh, little really? tykes. You know, the, like two, three year olds. Yeah, maybe there's a certain age of you know maybe the kids who are too young to really care about seeing the pumpkins right. attract some of them as well so the parents who bring them maybe can keep their youngest entertained maybe i mean one thing i saw last year is that you provide a wheelbarrow on entry and it must double how many pumpkins people were planning on leaving with because the kids just want to pile the wheelbarrow full and you need like a massive scales at the end which to be honest i could repurpose the scales that we've got for our new wool venture there's got to be some sort of psychology there of you know, I've got the entire wheelbarrow. I'm using the entire wheelbarrow, yeah. even if you end up paying more for it. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. Maybe you pick the size of a wheelbarrow very carefully. You, know, you, <laughs> you make it slightly bigger or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Mo, I yeah, I really wanted these alpacas. But to be honest, I did reach out to the guy and I said, you know, let me know about the alpacas and he hasn't got back to me. So maybe it's not meant to be, but I am going to keep my ear to the ground. The guy said he's a hobby farmer that it's got out of control. And so I thought that's literally me. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely walk before you can run. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. take it as it comes, maybe in a few years' time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been back to see kind of all the stuff that's been happening on the farm, especially the vineyard being finished. What do you think of it all? It's amazing. I get sort of um, relatively frequent updates from mum when I speak to her and yourself, sort of with catch-ups, but actually coming down and seeing it all in, uh, all completed, or at least in progress is uh, you know pretty crazy. Especially the structure of the vineyard is a lot more imposing maybe than you would have thought, like, I don't know, when you consider a traditional vineyard with maybe like small quaint wooden posts now there's these massive steel structure <laughs> <laughs> yeah metal structures but it's uh, it's all very officially done you know the uh, the spacing you know, it's all gps located and you can stare down the side of it and see like a perfect straight line you've know, done a very good job sort of putting it all in so no it's looking very professional yeah people have been asking me if i sort of hand planted it or did it all myself and i'm like no absolutely not i couldn't have got it that precise especially the way that the vines are planted and you look off in one way and they're straight and then you look off 45 degrees and they're straight the other way everything has to be spaced correctly it's not just to look pretty <laughs> probably it also helps them just you know make sure they allocate the right length of material for each row and stuff like that so it makes sense to have it all in a straight line i suppose yeah. i don't know i have to ask the i don't know either <laughs> What was it mum said yesterday? You don't get a dog and bark yourself. <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> Thank you, baby bro, for helping me plan for the future and encouraging my ridiculousness. Can't wait for our next venture, the Charlie Land theme park. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you guys, and thank you for listening. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Definitely Human. Back to Earth is a Definitely Human production. Okay, bye! Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.